Okay, well, hello. Hi, Michelle, how are you? Lovely, thank you for your time tonight. Of course, um, happy to be here. I started this series, Conversations with Caregivers, because we have so many people that are taking care of a loved one at home, and they're struggling. It's, um, it's really hard. There's a lot of phases in the journey, and you have been on this journey. And that is right. We had a little bit of a conversation about it, and so I'm grateful that you're willing to come on and share your experience. A little bit about yes. your experience. Yes, I would be more than happy to. Actually, I've had several experiences with uh, family members, two aunts, my mother-in-law, my father, but the experience that I really talked to you about last time we spoke was uh, with my own mother, and my mother had dementia. And anybody who's walked down the journey, I always say journey um, mm -hmm. when I talk about dementia, because it is a journey. Um, but it really is up to you how you want to navigate that journey. That is what makes the uh, biggest difference. Luckily, my experience working in senior living, I believe, had, gave me the tools to navigate that journey. I have been working in senior living uh, for 35 plus years. Wow. So as I worked with so many families to navigate whether it was a dementia journey or another type of a journey they might have been on with their loved one, um, it helped me when it was my time. You never want your time to happen. You no. always want your family members, the ones you love to stay young and useful and vital, but we know that's not how life goes. Well, and it's easy to be easier to be the helper than the person that's receiving and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, not everybody is cut out to be a caregiver. Um, it takes a lot of patience. Um, so with my mother, uh, our journey probably started in about 2007 um, as my we were going to go to a festival and my parents lived a hundred miles away mm -hmm. and my father walked in the house and says your mother has alzheimer's and my mother was right behind them mm. and i said well dad why do you say that and we talked a little bit and we went to the festival and all of a sudden I started paying more attention because I would see my mother like every three months, maybe mm -hmm. um, we would spend maybe a day together, sometimes a couple of days, but she was in her element. Right. So when we went to their house, she was in her element. So sometimes when a person's in their element, you're not maybe going to see as much uh, change as when they're in out of their element. So I started really paying attention and just, Asking some questions, you know, we are we are taught if you really educate and learn about dementia, you are taught not to say, do you remember? Right. Do you remember? Because with dementia, Alzheimer's, most of the time, that's what you're going to uh, see very quickly. This is Odie, by the way. Hi, Odie. <laughs> So what you're going to see, probably some of the first signs are when people are forgetting. Mm -hmm. 
um, not remembering. And with my mom, that really was her short-term memory uh, was very short. And actually that happened very early on, uh, but she was able to function fine in all sorts of other capacities, uh, dressing, bathing, gardening, taking care of the house and cooking. That was all just fine and dandy. Um, it was just the fact of just those remembering tools. So she was with my dad and, and um, there was some ups and downs because my dad was starting to have physical problems too. So like many husbands and wives as they age, sometimes they're working together as a team. Yes, there's some uh, cover up happening. Yes, so they're working together as a team Sometimes, goodbye, Odie. <laughs> Sometimes one spouse is caregiving totally for the other. And sometimes they just kind of maybe existing. Uh, so my mom, who always was the person who took care of the gardening, the cooking, the washing, all those kinds of things, she started to struggle with some of those kinds of things. And then I noticed my mother was starting to lose weight. Mm. We, you really need to start looking for signs. I'm always asking people, as my job as senior living consultant and a senior living in Lincoln, I'm always asking questions like, have you noticed any change in appearance? Do you notice anything different around the house? Have you opened the refrigerator door and that what used to be very orderly now no longer is? So just kind of picking up on signs or are things out of their place in the house? And so with mom, it was really the losing of the weight. So by the time it came to her 80th birthday, we went shopping for her outfit. And uh, what used to be a certain size, I went back actually twice because normally you're not seeing your loved one in their underclothes you're seeing them sure, in sure. their clothes so all of a sudden i'm like oh we are getting quite thin because my mom was wearing clothes that was probably almost two sizes too large for her oh my god so we got the clothes. She looked absolutely phenomenal, bought new undergarments because again, everything was being purchased um, from years ago, the sizes. And so we started, we, I started to get very involved in clothing and making sure she had proper clothing, getting rid of a bunch of clothes that were too big. Um, so we went through the house. So they were still living at home at this time, but then actually the night of her birthday party, uh, we, she, they lived in a small town 100 miles north of Lincoln where I live. And I started talking to some of the local ladies in there. And I said, is there anybody around here that could that helps out? And I knew of a person that I kind of heard about. And they said, yes. So they gave me her number. Well, this was in 2010 and two years prior, mom and dad had a car accident. Mom needed help then and she would not accept it then. Mm -hmm. That was two years prior. So I made an appointment for the lady to come to the house and it, either my mother was ready to accept the help or it was that perfect person for her. Mm -hmm. We know when you're working with somebody with 
dementia, it's all about technique. It's all about how you talk to a person and allowing them to still have their independence and do as much as they can, but be there to help and support them as needed. So Sandra was just that person and she just really the focus was on making sure there was meals, groceries was bought and all those kinds of things. And that made a huge difference just having that person coming three days a week. So was she a CNA specifically? Excuse me? Was she a CNA? She really was, she had a healthcare background, but I honestly could not tell you if she was a CNA. She gave, she became highly recommended because other people in the community had used her and very mm -hmm. highly recommended. So I honestly could not tell you that. At this point, my mother really didn't need physical care for herself. It was more just uh, making sure, more about food prep and buying groceries and those kinds of things. Yeah. So, but what was going on, my mom is a very, uh, was a very active person, was a person very active in her church. She was very active in clubs. All of a sudden, she didn't want to do certain things. Mm. I don't know if you can hear my dog playing with his toy in the background. <laughs> it's good. So anyway, um, she didn't, uh, didn't want to do those things and those were some signs it's like okay well what was going on is her comfort level her comfort level of doing those things she didn't have that confidence anymore right and so that was kind of a a, a sign well time went on and my dad started having some physical problems so they, uh, we decided to move them to where I work, and I work in an independent and assisted living and memory care in Lincoln, Nebraska. My mom and dad moved into the assisted living, and my mom started to bloom again. Mm. Um, so, you know, she just, all of a sudden, there was people there to support her on a daily basis. Unfortunately, my father was not a caregiver. My mother waited on him, waited on him hand and foot uh, for all their married life. So he didn't have that capacity to do those things. And so um, that was one of the reasons we, you know, we just, um, and then my dad made the decision for them to stay. They were there temporarily. So, you know, my caregiving became just maybe a little bit different at that point, you know, because I was working there. Mm -hmm. but I'm also supporting my parents and um it it became um you know I had to make sure you know I I, I had to make sure that I treated them like everybody else but I was still their daughter and so on uh but my mom started to just uh, live again because with dementia you need that social outlet you need that mental stimulation so here she was at home prior and just sitting at home because my dad would be out doing things and uh, now she was being involved in exercise classes music events crafts all sorts of those things my mother was a teacher at mm -hmm. a rural school so my mom was the person that was used to telling the children how to do things and so she still had that capacity. 
And so she just thrived. She thrived and she was starting to really, she gained weight. And really she gained the weight where she needed to be, you know, cause she was getting very thin. Um, I just made sure that her, she was happy. Um, her needs were met. You know, I was, I was more of a daughter almost again than a caregiver, but I was the person because my mom couldn't remember. I was the person that would call her and say, mom, it's time for exercise class. Well, where do I go? I said, just walk out your door and go to the left. That's all she needed. Cause once she got out in the hall and saw, then she knew where to go. Um, but often with the person with dementia, and this was in my mother's case, my mom was always unsure. She needed that assurance. Just walk out the door, take a left turn. And that's all she needed. So those cues. Uh, so she was, she just enjoyed uh, all the activities that they had. We, we spent lots of time together. She flourished, but as then my, my father moved out and then my father uh, passed away. So that was kind of hard because mom could not really remember that. So it was just more of a supporting her and, and making sure her needs were being met. But sometimes this might seem strange when I say this, um, sometimes when people don't remember and they don't remember maybe about the death, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's kind of almost a safety net for them because a person like all of us, we're gonna grieve and grieve is gonna be very part of our being, but with dementia sometimes, and this was the case of my mother, I think she forgot or it wasn't part of her being really, unless somebody reminded her. Did she so. ever ask where he was? She kind of did early on. It was kind of strange. Actually, we were all with my father when he passed. And when he passed, I, she goes, you, what do you mean he's gone? You know, cause we were, we were with him in his, long-term care community and you know she understood so we went to eat we went to eat lunch and then we went over to the funeral home and we took her with and I remember we pulled up to the funeral home and my mom said in a very hushed voice she goes he's in there isn't he oh, wow. kind of funny with dementia um and people who maybe walked this journey might understand I went through breast cancer. Actually, I was going through breast cancer the year my father died. My mother, who had very short-term memory, somehow her motherly instinct would come out. Mm. And I would walk into her apartment in the where she lived, where I worked, and my mother would say, and she'd touch her breast and she said, how are you, how are you doing? So something in her would remember that there was something going on and it had something to do mm -hmm. with breast. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was, it's really kind of interesting how the dementia brain goes. I always tell people there's, when it comes to dementia, there's no cookie cutter. Every person is unique. And, and when we walk the journey with them, I knew my mother like a book. So because my mom from 2011 till early 2017 lived at where I worked. 
So we were extremely close, extremely close. I knew what made her tick. Mm -hmm. After a while, my mother started to have changes. My mom would wake up at night in her assisted living apartment and all of a sudden thinks that she needed to take a walk. We did all sorts of things to, you know, keep this light on and keep that light on. Um, and that would work most of the time. But then all of a sudden she took a walk. And she, it was at, at night, during the night. And uh, we have uh, security cam cameras at the community where she lives. And all of a sudden a nurse was at the desk and she saw like this big figure on one of the security cameras. And so, um, they, they went to the location where it was and there was my mother, she was lost. Oh. It's always interesting. I tell people, people say, well, we're worried that she's gonna elope or they're gonna walk out. And it's like, normally, normally people with dementia are not, some are not looking at walking out a door and running away. Some people are, but most of the time it's they get lost. Mm -hmm. Lost, and if you're not there to help them, they're looking at where do I go, what do I do, and and pretty soon they're going to be out a door where they shouldn't be. So that's what happened with my mother. And so the next day, for her safety, it was time um, that she moved to our memory support. It's so interesting, though, because I've walked this journey with many families, uh, Michelle. And it's like, well, well, they're going to be so upset when they make a move. Right. Sometimes if you put their apartment together very close to where it was and you support them, sometimes there might not even know much of a difference. Now, that's not true for everybody. Everybody's mm -hmm. different. So when we moved my mother, it was a different apartment and she'd been, she'd gone into our memory support before. So she'd been in there like for some activities and so on. But mom, she really, she was fine. She wasn't upset. She was helping me put some things away. I was asking her, what do you want to put in your curio cabinet? Let's work together. Always, in, always including her in these kinds of things. Of course, you know, when you, when a person goes through a change, so a change of environment. So this was a change of environment of my mom. So during the night, well, she got up. Mm -hmm. Of course, she was confused. And uh, these are, this was an efficiency apartment and she couldn't find the bathroom and she found a bathroom that wasn't a bathroom in another place. Well, so then what you do is, okay, you leave the bathroom light on. You make sure there's night lights. Make sure all those things in place so when they get up, they know exactly, hopefully, where to go then. Um, and so my mom, my mom started flourishing again because what what was going on in the assisted living? She was getting to the point of her dementia where she needed like almost constant cueing. So the memory support is just what she needed. She needed that support. Um, plus it was only 16 apartments. So um, the, the support that my mother received and, and all of us working together to help her uh, be, be good. But my mom, here's the strange thing with my mother um, and her dementia. And I love to tell these stories of, 
of um, going through the dementia journey because I want people to understand that the dementia journey can be a very unique experience and in some respects almost a awesome experience. My mom was a very simple woman. She was born and raised on a farm. She was a school teacher, as I said. But when my sister, my oldest sister was, was when she got pregnant with my older sister, my mother quit working, which most ladies did back in those days. Mm -hmm. Mom was very simple, never dressed up fancy. She put powder and lipstick on. She was a heavy woman at that time. And then in her early 60s, started to lose weight. But my sister and I would buy her all these beautiful clothes and jewelry and she wouldn't wear them. She said, oh, the ladies will talk about me always had to have pants with elastic around her waist. Oh, I couldn't wear pants that had a zipper and a button. No, they have to have elastic. When my mom started on the dementia journey and the ways in, it's like she didn't care what the other ladies thought. She wore, you know, we, we made sure her closet was um, to the point where she didn't have like 100 things in the closet because with her dementia, she needed it simple. Here's your tops, here's your jackets, here's your slacks. So she could go to the closet and select her clothes much easier. My mom started to dress very nicely. My mom wore jewelry. My mother wore uh, makeup. My mom would stand in front of the mirror in the apartment at where she lived, lived and she would sit there and primp. Oh, how funny. So I bought and she would make and then and then she never would tuck in a top and so she would stand there and say should I tuck in my top or does it look better out she would have never she would have never tucked in her top before all of a sudden she was tucking in her top um and so then I bought her a pair of pants that had a zipper and a button she didn't say boo it wasn't important anymore mm -hmm. and all the Many of the ladies and even some of the men said, oh my gosh, your mother is so beautiful. Her jewelry, her clothing, her makeup. And I would say that never was my mother. But, you know, as a young girl, as a young girl, I used to look at, because my mother was very simple and a larger lady. I'd always, you know, we, we would say, oh, mom, try this, try that. And she was always so funny about it. And then all of a sudden, here was my mom. My mother got so beautiful as she got older. And maybe it just took her that long to get comfortable in her beauty or, or the, actually the dementia journey, actually, she didn't, it didn't matter anymore. She wanted to be pretty. It sounds, it sounds like though you really embraced that because I think a lot of times families do is they fight it. So they'll say, well, she would never do this or never want that. So don't you know if that's what she's wanting to do now that's just not who she is so don't let her do it right but it sounds like you really supported the interest that she was having yeah she really did she became very particular and that was not her way very particular in fact um and you're going to see this with a lot of dementia she would stand up at a table and make sure there wasn't a crumb mm -hmm. on the table I remember we used to go for walks when I, she, when they used to come over to my house, we'd go for walks and then her dementia, this is when you really kind of start noticing things. 
if there was little twigs on the sidewalk, she'd pick up and, and, and move them. She was afraid somebody might trip on those. Mm -hmm. So it became very particular. Um, my mom, though, something she never did before dementia, she started doing word searches. My mother never did word searches, never. I don't ever remember her doing a word search until dementia entered her world. She would sit for hours with that book on her lamp and do word searches. Was she finding the actual words? Yeah, she did this for a long time. She was very good at it. And then you would, then time passed and then you could see she was getting shakier with the pencil or pen. Mm -hmm. And then it, it, you know, the dexterity all of a sudden really begot, became bad and she just couldn't do it any longer. Yeah. But that was okay. Didn't seem, you know, what was so interesting about my mother was um, many things didn't upset her. Often you're going to see dementia people get very angry and upset and, and, it didn't seem like it, it, it wasn't noticeably that she was upset, but one time I will remember, and this, this was very interesting. She was in the memory support by this time and they were doing a craft project. So there was people around the table, the residents, and then there was some volunteers and then a couple staff. And my mom was sitting there like this with her head down. Hmm. And somebody says, I don't think Martha feels good. And I, I just said to him, and I just kind of, I did, took him off to the side. I said, it's not that she doesn't feel good. My mother was a school teacher. She was used to telling people, this is how you do it. Let me help you. Right. So I said, I want you to go over there and say, Martha, I need help. Do you think we can work on this together? I'd love for you to help me with this. And so she brightened up. Yeah. You know, she wasn't, she was able to do a little bit, but it just was enough to make her feel good because she, she knew she couldn't do it. But with help and some encouragement, they could work together on the project. And that was, that was, you know, it was a learning tool, you know, um, for people, you know, to really, to really get to know, you know, I, I knew my mother so well, but to get the, to know the people that you're helping with, whether it's a family member, whether you are a caregiver in a community, whether you work for a home health, to really get to know the person, talk to the families, talk to the person if they're able to share, so you really know what makes them tick and uh, what works for them and what doesn't work for them. Well, it's really mother, go ahead, Michelle. I was just going to say, it just, it makes your job and role easier when yes. you get to know your people. Cause I mean, to your point, she, she was used to being in the role of the teacher. So just yes. saying, can you help me with, or what do you think about, can just really shift the energy of the interaction. Yes, and exactly. It's, it's almost like uh, allowing them to feel like it's their idea. Yeah, yeah. Instead of here's a glass of water, you need to drink it. It can yeah. be um, 
you know, hey, I'm thirsty. Let's get mm -hmm. a drink of water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, my mother then had a, she fell. My brother and I always knew if my mother would fall because of her progression of dementia, she probably wasn't going to, if she would break something, we, she probably was not going to be good uh, rehab potential. Mm -hmm. So my brother and I started looking for her next step. If she needed a next step, what that next step might be. So my brother and I, we found a, we found her next step if, if she needed it. So a whole year before it happened, we had a, another place selected for her. I always tell families, um, you know, always be prepared. You know, we've worked with people who say, well, my mom's not going to move. She's put her foot down. This is the way it's going to be. I said, I get it. I understand. But you as a family, you might need to be prepared because things can change very quickly. So we were prepared and sure enough, mother fractured her pelvis. And then the next morning, the doctor said she also fractured her hip. So we had two scenarios with the person of dementia. I said I would never put my mother through a surgery because of her dementia. Well, we were given the choice by the doctor and we didn't have a long time to make the choice. He said she might never walk again and be in pain. What do you do? So I, you just put your, you just, you just put the decision in the hands of God and say, okay, let's have the surgery. So we had the surgery and she actually came out of it. My mom was really strong physically. And so she came out of it quite well, but then she went to the next step. So she went to a long-term care community. And uh, so that was the next step. And it was so, so she'd been in the hospital and I'll never forget the day she moved in. And it was actually at a community that I worked at 20 some years ago. Mm -hmm. I remember them getting there and they said, well, you know, let's, let's, ha let's have your mother have a bath. Somewhere though, from when my mom left at where I worked, she had the emergency visit, the surgeries. My mother became a board. What I say by that is all of a sudden she was rigid. Mm. No idea, no idea how that happened. She became very rigid. So they went to go give her a bath and these two young girls just, either they didn't have a lot of experience yet, they just didn't know what to do. So the nurse said, I said, do you mind if I go in there? And she said, no, you go ahead. Because I had been a C, I had been a CNA way back when. And you don't lose that. And I go in there and I tell these young girls, and I say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We need to be right in front of Martha. You need to be not standing over here. You need to get in front of her and look at her and tell her what you're going to do. And yeah. we're going to work together on this. And we're going to get you and we're going to give you a bath and you're going to feel good and all sorts of things. And then we're going to move you to the next chair. And uh, so we did all that and we got her moved. And these girls are kind of looking at me and they're like, oh, okay. That's just how this works. So, so mom's, mom's living situation was different. But again, here's what you do. What are we going to do? Now my mom's probably in her last journey. At mm -hmm. her last home. 
can we be, do we want to be sad? Or what are we going to do? Right. Well, we're going to make the best of everything. So Michelle, you know, those videos that I sort of take. So my sister lives in New York. So here's mom on her next journey. And my, my mom moved in in January. So we didn't probably start going outside till maybe April. And uh, we would go outside in their circle drive and there was flowers and all sorts of things. And mom would just come alive. Mm -hmm. My mom was a, you have to remember, she was a farm woman and a gardener. She lived outdoors. So something about the outside made her come alive. She would look around. She would look at the sky. She would comment. Um, she would see things. You know, with dementia, you're going to see things. And the things you're seeing are not really there. Um, but she would, in fact, I had a Facebook memory come up on my Facebook today, and it was a video of my mother. She's talking away, and I'm asking her questions, she, and she's happy, she's smiling. And then she leans forward and said, there's chickens over there. <laughs> well, not chickens, hens. I see some hens over there. And I'm like, well... How many hens are there, mother? <laughs> and she'd look again and she sometimes she'd count one, two, three, four, five. And then I'd say, Well, what color are the chickens? And then she'd look again and she might come up with black or something. And then I'd say, Well, is there a rooster over there? And she'd look again. I said, Well, we had a mean rooster on the farm, mom. And mom would look at her. I think there is one over there. <laughs> and we would do these videos, and you never know what these videos would bring out. Um, sometimes she would just start on something, and we would make a whole story from that. And um, it was just so fun. And I would post it, and I, Michelle, I told you my whole idea was to do a blog and do a YouTube channel, and I never quite got there, but I posted a lot of, I posted every single video on Facebook, and, you know, many people just were so, they said it made their day because they saw somebody that was happy and smiling and in the moment and enjoying, and I tell people, I said, this was a dementia journey. I could have been sad and said, right. mom has dementia and been sad. And I'm like, no, we're not going to be sad. We're going to make every possible memory that we can make. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did. And those videos, and we would have more fun together. And uh, she was a real joy. My mother had vascular dementia. So... Many times with dementia, people lose the ability to, you know, they might say one word answers. My mom could actually talk. In fact, the video I looked at today that was done two years ago, and it was the one about the hands. I said to mom in that video, I said, mom, how do I look? And she looked at me and goes, well, it's a little different. And I said, I look different? And she said, she said something, and then she said the word obscure. I listened to that three times, I remember, 
thinking. My mother used the word obscure. Right. You never know what's tucked in there. <laughs> it was tucked in there somewhere that came out. Yeah. Because usually with dementia, it's going to be become very simple. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a very, I just, you know, what I really want to take away often to be, no matter what caregiving a person's doing, it doesn't have to be a, a bad experience. It doesn't have to be a sad experience. We have to find the joy. You know, we're taught, we're, we're taught early on to find the joy in life. And so this was life. This was life for my mother. This was life for our family. And this was life for my mother and me who were very mm -hmm. close. And uh, we found the joy. That's we really so did. beautiful. Well, I think this is amazing and really going to be helpful because I think you touched on so many great tips from like insider perspective from your senior living experience and then obviously the caregiver experience too. And so I know that uh, a lot of people that are going to see this will find some joy in the circumstances that they're in with their loved ones. So yeah. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, Michelle. Yeah. And anytime you need anything, if you ever, I also can speak on, you know how you have that family member who doesn't want to do something, how you can figure it out to make it their decision and that they'll do it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, that, it's that, was my, that, that was my life with my father. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. You're welcome. I appreciate your time tonight and sure. we'll be in touch. Good. I'd be more than happy to speak to anybody. If anyone needs any help or anything, I'm always here for people. Thank you, Carla. You're welcome, Michelle. You have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.